Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Uh, And the title of my message this morning is The Fight for Life. Because I believe that each and every one of us, every single day, every single moment, every single minute, are going through a fight, are going through a battle. And everyone's battle, everyone's fight may be different, but we are all going through a battle. See, life is a battle. I don't know about you, but my life is not perfect. I don't wake up every single morning and be like... I'm not going to have one single problem today. Everything is going to be outstanding. I'm going to get up. My wife is going to be happy. Amen. <laughs> she, okay, she's... she's uh, yeah, she, uh, Jesus' name. Um, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for protecting me <laughs> and shutting me up. <laughs> I'm just, when, I, when I'm about to say something I shouldn't, I'm just going to be like, Jesus. Okay, so if you just hear me randomly say Jesus, it's because, yeah, okay. Uh, but I don't know about you, but my life is not just like all like roses and daffodils and rainbows and lollipops and sunshine. Uh, every now and then we have, we have hard days because life is a battle. Uh, because... Uh, it's not something we choose to. Like, we didn't choose to be like, yeah, I'm in a battle today. It was something we were born into. Because we are, we are born into a fallen and broken and imperfect world. And that's just the reality of what we live in. Uh, but the good thing is, like, I know a God. I know the God who is perfect. And no matter how imperfect our world is, if we choose to look at Him, we will get through it. If we choose to look at him and set our eyes on him, we will get through this battle. Now, the battle is between good and evil. I love, like, I love, like, war movies and stuff like that. Like, I love it. It's so great. And there's always, like, so I just watched a movie. Uh, Lani and I watched a movie last night. And it's cool. It's about um, how the Secret Service guy, like, the top of the Secret Service um, is accused of, like, attacking the president um, and, and type thing. And it was, it was a cool movie. Um, they used, like, drones and stuff. And they're like... <laughs> but they were, like, they weren't just, like, look at, like, take cool videos and stuff. It was, like, drones that, like, shot down and blew up. Like, they were, like, bomb drones. It was, it was pretty cool. But um, he, was a, he was accused, and there was a battle between good and evil. Like, every, every good movie, there's a battle between good and evil. Star Wars, Jason's favorite person, <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> there's a battle between good and evil, and we are, we are living that as Christians, there is a battle between good and evil. There's a, 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 a battle between God and the devil. And we are in that. And we get to choose what side we're on. Okay? We get to choose what side we're on. And I don't know about you, but every single movie I've watched, good always wins. And that is no different to the battle we're in right now. 
that no matter what happens, no matter how bad things may seem, God always wins. God is always victorious, no matter how dark or how down you think you've gotten. God is always victorious. Amen, Hezekiah. Amen. Keep him here. (laughs) Encourage the rest of us. (laughs) Amen. See, when we choose good, when we choose God, there is joy, there is love, there is hope, there is peace, there is freedom, and we get life and life to the fullest. I don't know about you, but I would hate to live this life in a struggle all the time. I would hate to live this life and go, you know what? There's just not really much for me. Like, this isn't very good. Like, I'm hating this. I hate, I hate what's going on. I hate what's happening in my life. I don't know about you, but I would hate to live that way because Jesus says that he has come to give life and life to the fullest. But see, if you're living that way, maybe you're choosing the wrong side or maybe, maybe you're, not, you're not choosing the right things to be put in your life because it's a battle. And today I want to talk about some things of how we can win and, and stay on the good side. Stay on the God side of this battle because I don't want to go on the bad side. Because in Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death. Now that does not sound very pleasing. I don't know about you, but I'm not about that death. I'm about the life. And it continues to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. A free gift given to us of life and life eternal. We choose good or evil because there is a fight. There's a battle. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the winning side. Because the Bible talks about that God is already victorious. Jesus already dealt with death. We just need to choose life. There's three things that I found that that help me and that I want to encourage that can help you in choosing life, choosing the good side, and staying in it. Because I know, I know, I know, I've been there that I'm like, yep, you know what, I'm choosing God. I'm going to follow God. And then next week we're like, ah, I kind of let all that go, didn't I? I kind of just forgot about that. I forgot about God and and now we're in the dumps and we're in this battle and we're losing and we're like, I'm feeling like the enemy is oppressing me. I'm feeling like the enemy is taking me down. I'm feeling like the enemy is holding me back because we're struggling to stay on the good side of the fight. And I think it might be because sometimes we don't have the tools and the things that we need to fight back or to stay in the fight. So my first point is community. I'll give you a secret. The devil loves it when you try and do things alone. Because when you try and do things by yourself, it's easy for him to get in your head and tell you that you're not good enough. It's easy for him to get into your head and tell you that things can't change. It's easy for him to get in your head and tell you that your life is never going to be good, that you have no purpose, you have no hope, you have no future. But see, when we surround ourselves with community, and I'm not just talking about like your mates down the pub that are probably going to do the same thing as what, like, you know what I mean? Talk bad, talk down, like talk about how much, how much life sucks or talk about how, how bad their wife is or what she, oh, she's doing this and that. 
Like, sometimes we surround ourselves with the wrong people. I know when I was growing up and I made a decision to follow Jesus, a few things in my life had to change. Because I was like, you know what? I have a calling on my life. I had a girlfriend at the time. had to break up with her because she didn't go to church. And she was trying to pull me away from youth. So I was like, look, i got to cut it off. I had friends that were trying to get me to smoke dope and, and, and drink and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, no, nah, I can't come and hang out with you anymore. I had to make tough, t- tough decisions in my life. But you know what? I'm so glad I did. Because now I have the most amazing wife who loves God, who loves people. I have an amazing job. I have an amazing family. I have an amazing church family. Like, like God has blessed me beyond measure because of some hard decisions that I had to make. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. We need to surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us. Because when we have the voices of our friends and our family and the people at church and our church family encouraging us, saying, hey, you can do this, you can fight this, you can win this, we have a louder voice in our head than the voice of the devil telling us we can't. We need to surround ourselves with a louder voice than what the devil has in our ear. We need to surround ourselves with a louder voice than what the devil has in our ear. Because too often we are listening to the voice of the devil and blocking out the voice of the people who really care about us, who really love us, who can really see the hurt and the pain that we're going through from the decisions we're making. We need to be surrounded by good, godly people and a good community that's going to encourage us, lift us up, build us, and help us grow us into everything that God has called us to be. And just a little side question, are we that community to people? When people walk into our church, are they feeling encouraged? Are they feeling uplifted? Are they feeling like, you know what, I can do this. You know what, I can live this Christian life. You know what, I can fight the devil. I can fight against the schemes of the enemy. You know what, I I can do it. Is that what people feel like? Community, church and, church and life groups are a good place to start. If you're not coming to church regularly, I'd really encourage you to do so. Because it is a hard world out there trying to do it alone. We have life groups, which you've seen the guys talk about, if you're young or mature. <laughs> Wise. But we have life groups in our church that we would love you to get involved in, get connected in, build relationship with people so they can get around you and encourage you so that you don't have to try and, and, and live week in, week out in a constant fight and a constant battle feeling like you're all alone because you're not. You have a family here that loves you. You have a family here that wants to see you prosper. You have a family here that wants to see you succeed. There's a guy in the Bible, and his name was Saul. Now, this guy was pretty crazy. He used to kill Christians. He didn't like them very much. 
He had an encounter with God. His life was changed. And then later on, we know him as Paul. And there was one time when Paul went up to to these other Christians and he's like, hey, I'm on your side now. And they're like, whoa. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Don't come near us. You kill us. And he's like, no, no, no. God's done something in my life. He's changed me. And they're like, no, no, no. And then a man by the name of Barnabas, which means the encourager, come alongside him and was like, hey, I've got your back, man. Hey, Paul, I'm here to support you. And he walked up and he's like, hey, guys, no, he's with me. He's legit. Let's, let's welcome him in. Let's love on him. But as a church, we need to be Barnabases in people's lives. We need to get alongside people and encourage them and support them. I remember, and my life was changed because someone was a Barnabas to me. When I first made a decision to follow Jesus, I had a girl by the name of Jennison Power spoke into my life, encouraged me, supported me, walked with me. I would not be here. I honestly believe I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that. If I didn't have my amazing community like Uncle Cal and Aunty Lean getting around me, supporting me, encouraging me, I, I, I sought after community because I realized I couldn't do it on my own. And I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm just telling you because I've made mistakes as well. There's been times in my life where I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do it on my, own, on my own. And I've made the biggest mistakes of my life. And I don't want to look back and regret them. I want to look back and learn from them. And that's why I'm coming from a place of love right now going, hey, We need to make sure that we are getting ourselves involved in community. We need to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves with people. We need to make sure we're finding a Barnabas to encourage us and we're being Barnabas to someone else. This next bit we don't really like, but we need to allow people to correct and challenge us. Who are we accountable to? Who do we actually allow to speak into our lives when, when we're doing the wrong thing? And we don't just go, oh, get away from me. Well, whatever, you don't know. The, like, who are we actually allowing to go, hey, look, I can see you're hurting. I can see you're struggling. I can see you're doing the wrong thing. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. I want to support you. I want to be there for you. We need to learn to be humble. Like Trev said, don't let the good-looking thing fool you. We, we, we want to be a humble church. We want to be willing to go, hey, can you please speak into my life? Hey, I'm struggling with these things. Hey, can you just tell me what you can see that I'm struggling with? Is there anything that I'm doing that you think I need to work on? We need to find these people in our lives. In Matthew 18, 15 to 17, it says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they do not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Let's not be pagans or tax collectors. Let's be people willing to go, you know what? Can you please speak into my life? Can you please Show me where I'm failing. And it's not coming from a place of judgment. Please don't walk around and be like, uh, you're doing this, you're doing that. Oh my gosh, I seen you drive. I seen you put that finger up because that car cut you off. Like, you know what I mean? I seen you speeding. Like, let's not go around and just pointing fingers, but we actually need to go and talk to someone ourselves and go, hey, can you please speak into my life? 
Like, it doesn't just give us a ticket to go and just talk to everyone and be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, because the Bible does say, remove the plank out of your own eye before you remove the speck out of your brother's eye. But I think we do need to encourage and uplift one another, come from a place of love and be like, hey, I can see that this is hurting you. I can see you're struggling with this. Let me help you. Let me be there for you. Let me, let me support you. Let me pray with you. We need to learn to be accountable. My second thing. So number one, we need community. We need to surround ourselves with people who are going to love us, encourage us, and also even correct us. Number two, there's a spiritual battle happening all the time. Like the fight between good and evil isn't like a physical fight. It's not like a me versus Trev, even though we all know I would win. It'd be like a hit and run. I'd be like, ah, <laughs> you're too big to catch me. <laughs> but it's not a physical battle. And I was thinking about this lately, uh, recently. Um, so in Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, it says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Now it says that that the fight isn't, that the hand-to-hand combat or the fight isn't between flesh and blood. And I was just thinking about this recently, but if you are holding a fence to someone, you shouldn't, because it's not about you and them. If someone has said something that hurts you, don't take it out on that person, because it's not about you and them. There is a spiritual battle happening, and maybe instead of taking a fence, maybe you should pray against whatever it is that they're saying. Because that's a spiritual thing trying to attack you. Is that cool? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to love people. Like sometimes I struggle to love people. And I'm like, that person did that. Or that person looked at me that way. How can I love that person? But if I start to change my way of thinking, go, you know what? I'm going to love that person regardless because I know that there's a spiritual battle going on underneath. And I'm going to fight that. In my bedroom, like I'm going to fight that on my knees. I'm going to fight that battle, but I'm going to love that person. Like just because of what that person's saying to me isn't going to change the way I treat them. I'm going to love them all the same because the battle isn't between flesh and blood. We are called to love people. We are called to love regardless of how they treat us or how they come at us. Just, it's just a little tip. makes it easier to love people when you start to realize that, hey, it's not, it's not just about me and them. It's not about what they're saying or what they're doing. There's, there's something deeper. There's an underlying spiritual battle happening. And uh, I'm going to fight that 
in my bedroom on my knees praying and interceding into that, I'm not going to fight the person. That, that might help you with, with, with some offense and stuff you've been carrying as well. When you start to realize that, hey, that, that person didn't offend me, but there's something deeper there. And I'm going to pray into that. I'm not going to hold a grudge to that person. I'm going to start to love that person. Because there's something else happening and I'm going to fight that in the spiritual. Anyway, that was a little side note. Um, but we need protection. Because there is a battle happening. The, the devil is real. I'm sorry to say it, but he is. He is real. But you know what's awesome? Our God is real too. You know what's even cooler? Our God gives us gifts and he gives us things where we can fight off and we can defend ourselves. We can protect ourselves from the devil through his strength and not our own. In Ephesians, it talks about picking up your armor, putting on the armor of God. We have the belt of truth. Knowing who and whose we are. Knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Carrying the anointing and the authority that is given to us by Him. The belt of truth, picking up His word and going, you know what, this is what God says about me. When the devil tries to come into your life and tell you you're not good enough, when the devil tries to come into your life and tell you that you you aren't going to amount to anything, you open up his word and you start to read it, you find out that he has a plan and a purpose. You find out that he has created you. That You find out that that he knew you before you were even born in your mother's womb. When we start to read our word, we can start to defend ourselves against the lies and the attacks of what the enemy tries to bring at us. The breastplate of righteousness. Covering ourselves with the righteousness of God, being able to fight against temptation, addiction, alcohol, going back to the same things. We are able to fight against these things when we place on God's righteousness, not trying to do it on our own, but placing on God's righteousness in our lives. We are able to fight against these things. We are able to stand up and be firm because we can't fight it in our own strength. Because we are flesh, and we fail. We make mistakes. See, when we're obedient to God, we're placing on his righteousness. When we say, you know what, God, I'm going to follow your word. When it says don't murder, I'm not going to murder. That's a good one. (laughs) Definitely hold on to that one. Do not murder. When that person cuts you off and you're like, oh. Don't sin in your anger. When we are obedient to God, he will protect us from the works of the enemy. When we're obedient to God, we are strong and we can stand firm and go, you know what? Devil, whatever you try to throw at me, it's not going to work. You're not going to win. Devil, you're trying to tell me that I need a man to be happy. <laughs> Not me, like I'm talking on behalf of women. <laughs> Just to clarify, Trev's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. You can be my Barnabas. That's about it. You can encourage me, and that's as far as it goes. Um, no, but like, like sometimes we might be like, we feel like, oh, I need, I, need, I need someone to make me happy. 
I need someone in my life. And then you settle for less. And then you settle for for someone who's not right for you, but they just make you feel a little bit good. You're like, oh, but I've got someone now. Yeah, but where's that leading you? Like, is that on a path to destruction? Like, how, how are you actually doing? Like, sometimes I see it so often, people get caught up in relationships that aren't healthy and aren't good for them. And it's just like, you can just see the deterioration of their joy. When they're like, no, I need this person to be happy, but their joy is just going down, down, down. See, we need to fight for these things. We need to be obedient to God and, and know that, hey, God, is, God has got us. He's everything we need. And at the right time, I'm sure if it's his will, he will place the right person in your life. Someone who is going to be like your Barnabas and encourage you and uplift you and, and help you go the right way and do the right things and live the right life. Because there is, like, like I just want to give God some glory right now, but my life is amazing. Like, and that's not to boast about me, but that's all to boast about him. Because, honestly, I could not do my life without him. I remember when I started liking Lani. Man, I was just interceding like crazy. I'm like, God, don't help me not stuff this up. Please. <laughs> She's so beautiful. <laughs> She's the most amazing woman. God, just help me not stuff this up. But I didn't just go to God. I also went to my mentors. And I'm not saying this just like about dating. I'm saying this about life in general. Like this is why community and stuff's important because I didn't just go to my mentors and be like, like just about this. I go to my mentors about everything in my life because I want to make sure that I'm surrounded by people who are going to speak wise words into my life, that are going to encourage me, that are going to support me. I literally went to my mentors and I was like, "Um, I like Lani. Can you tell me if I do something stupid? I was like, if, if, if I like say something dumb, can you like pull me up? Because I didn't want to mess it up. I wanted to make sure that I did things the right way. Accountability is so, so important and it helps us so much. And now I've got like the most amazing wife there ever, ever will ever be. Ever. <laughs> I'm a bit smitten. Is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah, amen. Wow. We've got the gospel of peace. We have direct access to God. And when we live knowing that we are saved through grace, by faith, the product of that is peace. That God will actually give us peace. Don't let the devil steal your peace. But live knowing you are saved and who you are saved by. Because so often we can, we can lose our peace and that's where the devil starts to work in our hearts and in our lives and he's like, I got you now. All of a sudden we get frantic. We start making rational decisions, rational choices. I need to buy a car. No, you don't. The shield of faith. Faith is important. Faith is vital. Holding firm to our belief that Jesus is king. 
holding firm to our faith and our belief in this word, saying, you know what, God, I'm going to hold on to that because you said it. We have a shield of faith. And see, with a shield, we're able to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy and put out any fiery arrows that they may shoot at us. The devil will try to shoot doubt at us, and if we don't have our shield of faith, the fiery arrows of doubt will start to spread in our lives. So the devil is going to try and chuck doubt in your life. And, I, and this is pretty cool. So just with regards to the fiery arrows and the shield, what they used to do back in the day is they would, um, they would cover their shields in heavy animal hide, right? So it was like furry animal coating stuff. They would cover their shields in that. And then what they would do is they would dunk it in the water so that whenever a fiery arrow would come and hit their shield, it would be out. It would extinguish the flame and the fire. Because I tell you, the devil will try and put doubt in your life. And if you don't have that watery shield with that protectiveness, that doubt will seep in and it will start to spread like a fire. Like if you, if you throw fire onto wood, it spreads and it burns. And that's what their shields were made of was wood. So if they didn't have the wet um, animal hide, the fire would probably hit the shield and then start to spread. And then they'd be running around with fire. But the way they would defend themselves was to wet it. We need to make sure that we are being able to put the fiery arrows of doubt out by the faith that we hold in Jesus Christ. That we're like, you know what, God, regardless of what's being thrown, I'm going to stand firm on your word because I believe your word is true and I'm going to hold to it because I have faith in you. I'm not going to try and do this on my own, but I'm going to believe in the words that you have said to me. We need to make sure that we have our faith to put out the fiery arrows of doubt that the devil is going to try and send our way. The helmet of salvation protecting your thoughts against the lies of the enemy. In Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, the enemy is going to try and get into your mind. He's going to try and tell you things that you're not good enough. He's going to try and tell you things that you're, you, you don't know um, what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. He's going to try and confuse you. He's going to try and trick you. We need to make sure we go, you know what, God, I am saved. I thank you, Jesus, that you are in my life, that I don't need to, to, to worry. I don't need to be scared because, God, I know that you are here with me. I trust in you. I trust in your word. We need to protect ourselves against the enemy, and then the last piece of equipment, last piece of armor, this is probably my favorite, maybe because I like action, but it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And um, that takes me to my final point, is that we need our weapon. We need community, we need protection, and we need a weapon. We need to be able to fight back because I don't want to live my whole life just walking, taking hits, but being like, it's okay, I've got my armor. I want to start to take ground. I don't want to just take hits. I want to take ground. I want to be like, devil, no, not today. Devil, you think you have got this, but you don't because I'm going to come through with my sword of the spirit, the sword of your word, and I'm going to start to cut down the lies that you've been trying to say. I'm going to start to take back ground. God, I'm going to start to cut down lies you're saying about other people. I'm just going to start cutting you up, devil. Like we need, like this is a fight. It's a battle. I don't want to just defend. I want to attack. I don't want to just walk around and be like, oh, 
uh, uh. I'll be like, yeah, come on. Where you at, devil? I'm going to take you out. We need to start to get aggressive. Be aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> start cheerleading. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Stop it, Trev. Um, but we do. We need to pick up our weapon. Man, like we're in a battle. I don't know about you, but you must be crazy if you walk into a battle and you're like, yeah, let's go. I'm good to go. Everyone else has got swords and you're like, ah, I didn't know this was that kind of fight. Uh, you're going to get chopped up. You never bring nothing to a sword fight. Like you don't bring fists to a sword fight. Like you don't bring a knife to a gun fight. Unless you're like one of them real cool ninjas and you're like, chup, chup, chup. throw knives like crazy, like snake eyes off um, G.I. Joe. People have, got, people have got guns and stuff, and he's just like, choo, 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 choo. he's like a ninja. He's gangster. Man, I love action movies. But, like, we do. We need to pick up our weapon. Like, I'm, I'm, be, I'm being serious. We need to pick up our weapon, and we need to start to take ground back for the devil. Our town needs you to pick up your weapon. Our region needs you to pick up your weapon. Stop just sitting in your armor, but pick up our weapons, and let's go to start to take some ground. Let's start to cut down some, some, some spiritual attacks and stuff that are over our town. Let's go to cut down the attacks of oppression, suicide, all these things. Let's pick up our word. Let's pick up our weapon. Let's start to take some ground back for the kingdom. Man, we, we can't just sit back and be like, I'm protected, it's okay. Because what about them? What about our friends? What about the people we see at the shops? At the moment, they don't know how to fight. At the moment, they, don't even, they might not even realize they're in a battle. But I tell you what, they need people. They need a community to get around them, to help protect them, and to help fight for them. We need to pick up our weapon. There was this one time Jesus was being tempted by the devil. In Matthew 1, uh, 4, 1 to 11, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After five, I love how the devil's like in little. Yeah. It's like little letters. It's great. In your face. No. <laughs> After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you were the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Which? Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was out there with his sword. He was out there with his weapon. He's like, come at me. What you got, devil? I'm going to cut it down. Man, sometimes when that person's texting us late at night, you need to cut them down. When we're scrolling through the internet, we start to see things we shouldn't. We need to cut it down. 
when we're starting to get really worried and anxious, before we get to that point, we need to cut it down. In our lives, there's going to be when that temptation starts to rise and you're like getting urges or whatever, you need to cut it down. Too often we let things just build. Like, oh no, I'll be fine. It's okay. Oh damn it, I stuffed up again. Yeah, because you let it get to that point. We need to use the word of God and cut it down. Man, Jesus, is, he's the man at cutting stuff down. He cut the devil up left, right and center. So then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you were the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. I like this. He questions who he is. If you are the son of God, like you're, you're telling everyone you're the son of God, but if you are, do this. And sometimes the devil will question who you are. And make us do things just to prove him, yeah, yeah I am. Lucky Jesus wasn't like that. He's like, yes, I am the son. <laughs> I did that because he jumps off. He told him to jump off. <laughs> just, just to clarify. <laughs> He says, throw yourself down, for it is written. You know what's crazy? The devil knows the Bible. What? For it is written. This is what the devil said. For it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, trump card, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. I don't know what you're going through. But the word of God can help you. Like, honestly, we need to start to pick up our word and start to fight against whatever it is that is coming at you. Like, these, are, these are a couple of scriptures that like, have helped me throughout my life. When we start to worry, Matthew 6.34 says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I just want to encourage you, when you start to worry, you need to cut it down straight away. Like as soon as you start to have these thoughts, you need to be like, devil, Matthew 6.34 says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Every time that thought tries to pop in your head, you need to fight back with the sword that God has given you. Like too often we're like, oh no, shh, shh. And we try and run away and hide, but the devil's like still there. He's like, oh, but what about this? Oh, how are you going to pay this? Oh, no. Oh, what do they think about you? What are they? Oh, no, they're talking about you over there. As soon as we start to have these thoughts, we need to cut it down straight away because too often we're letting these things build up, build up, build up, and then we just drop. But when we pick up our sword and we're like, you know what, I'm going to cut this down straight away before you even start to get anywhere near anything bigger than what you are, like our thoughts start as like a little snow pea. Snoopy? Yeah, Snoopy. But then they snowball and get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Man, cut it down when it's a snow pea before it gets to a watermelon. I don't know. <laughs> two different things I thought of. <laughs> you might be like, oh, I'm so alone. I'm so alone. I'm all by myself. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Like God is always there. You might be like, I'm not loved by anyone. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. You might be thinking these things. I don't know about you, but my sword says, my Bible says in John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God, God loves you. The guy that created the whole entire world, he loves you. But not just him, we love you too. And like I was talking about community, we want to be a church, a community that loves you, cares about you, want to support you, encourage you, uplift you. You might say, like, what's the point of continuing on? There's nothing for me. I'm not going to do anything with my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, God, like there is a scripture for everything. Whatever you're going through, Google it. Like we now have phones that you can just Google stuff. If you're like, I'm really struggling with depression. Google scriptures to help with depression and start to learn them off the top of your head. Start to let them sink into your heart and into your spirit that whenever the devil comes at you, because he will attack any time. But when he comes to attack, be like, "Mm -mm, not today. Fight back with the word. Fight back with the spirit. We are in a battle. You might be like, this just keeps happening to me. I'm just stuck. This is just who I am. I can't change. This is me. You're like, it just keeps hurting me, but this is who I am. Romans 12, 2, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Be inwardly transformed. See, God doesn't want you to live in hurt. God doesn't want you to live in pain, in darkness, in sickness. He wants you to be inwardly transformed. He wants your life to be changed. Through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I don't know about you, but I want to live a beautiful life. I want to live a life that is empowered, is uplifting. I want to live a joyful life. I don't want to live a happy life because happy is circumstantial, but joy is from God. I want to live a life full of joy, and we can do that when we surround ourselves with community, when we protect ourselves 
from the spiritual spiritual attacks of the enemy by putting on the full armor of God. And when we pick up our weapon and start to fight back, when we go, you know what, devil, you're not going to take me this time. You know what, I'm not going to fall for your tricks and for your lies this time. I'm going to stand firm on the word. I'm going to stand firm on who I am and who you've called me to be. I'm going to stand firm on the calling that you've placed on my life, that I have a purpose, I have a future, I have a hope. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.